Broadcasting from deep in the heart of North America, five influential podcasters from coast to coast come together to discuss a variety of topics from around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Power Hour! Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to Coast to Coast Power. And I know what you're saying. Who the hell is that ugly ass sitting on the screen right now? Well, I'm Christopher Stolle of uh, Breaking the Fourth Wall on Realm of the Mist Entertainment, and I get to host this one, but I am being joined by the normal host, uh, the host of In Your uh, in, in a City Like Yours, Mr. Michael G. Moore. Hi, everybody. Glad to be back and, and our first time on video. I normally host with just audio, so this is this is my first here with uh, doing the video thing. So you get to see my ugly mug. <laughs> and then, of course, Michael and I had decided to uh, stage an intervention here because our next uh, participant, he just he's not feeling himself. He, he's he's got a weight of the world on his shoulders. All the violence is very much a monkey on his back. Uh, the host of Try Not to Laugh podcast, Mr. Han Andy Flegel. Greetings. How's it going, guys? I knew Andy. this was an intervention. You said we were going to the carnival. <laughs> I said we would get ice cream on the way to the hospital. So, uh. <laughs> so guys, uh, uh, the, we, we have a couple of to topics of conversation. First and foremost, when this episode comes out, happy 4th of July to each and every one of you. Uh, hope you guys are celebrating it safely, uh, practicing your social distancing, wear masks where you, where you have to. Uh, don't burn your hands or other body parts off with fireworks. Uh, but get drunk and play with things that blow up. That's that's. I mean, that's the American way, right there. And we are going to hit into a little bit of uh, Fourth of July traditions. But I think we'll start off with what uh, Michael and I were talking about before we started recording, and that was the uh, British shows and reality TV shows. Love them or hate them. Uh, I'll let you guys start off, and then I'll throw my two cents in. But uh. You know, well, I guess we'll start with Andy because uh, we haven't heard him yet. Andy, where, where are you at on the idea of like across the pond uh, entertainment or our rash of reality shows? Uh, as far as British shows go, there are only a couple that I've actually seen more than one episode of. And those are Toast of London and The Mighty Boosh. Uh, the Mighty Boosh has, uh, it's kind of like a skit comedy show, similar to Chappelle's show, but it's like very... Very, very strange British comedy. They've got characters like Crack Fox, who is literally a crack-addicted fox. And, <laughs> or uh, Old Greg, who you may have seen a lot of memes of him online. I'm Old Greg! And, um, and the other is uh, Toast of London, which is this eccentric, um, has-been actor who's trying to get, get back into acting. So he goes to all these odd jobs and he does a lot of voiceover work. 
So it's just really interesting watching him to go uh, go to all these different uh, auditions and compete for parts. So uh, as far as British comedies, you know, those are my two favorites by far. Um, if we're talking about reality shows, you know, I, I really don't follow any of them. I mean, I've seen probably all of them. Um, I'm I'm highly entertained by my 600 pound life, and um, <laughs> just because it's so hot, and. Uh, yeah, and I think, you know, I'd like to change a lot of them around. I feel like there's they're they're a great foundation for what could be a great show, you know. Like if we were to take, let's say, Undercover Boss, and you did Undercover Boss for small business, right. and then you know, like the guy walks in and it's just like a family business, you know. Like Dad walks in, and they're like, Dad, and he's like, I- I'm not Dad. Call me Carl. <laughs> so uh, there's a lot you could do with those shows but uh full disclosure i don't watch any of them well that that's fair enough and i'm, I'm laughing at my 600 pound uh wife because i'm just sitting there like you know she she gets on top you, you, you kill two birds with one stone she's uh, <laughs> arousing you and pressing your shirt at the same time <laughs> yeah it's all about what you're into yeah <laughs> well, for, well for me i i happen to be a reality show junkie uh, there are some reality shows I don't watch and I just can't get into them. Like um, I've watched 600 pound, my 600 pound life. That's interesting, but I hate the, like the bachelor and the bachelorette and 90 day fiance and things that are just kind of silly and flip it. I like the challenge uh, uh, shows like uh, MTV's the challenge uh, history channels alone, where they have to survive by themselves on a, in a desolate location somewhere in the world and whoever lasts the longest out of the 10 people who start wins $500,000. And I find that fascinating what watching these people, how they um, cope with being all by themselves in the hostile environment and finding food for themselves and shelter and things like that. Um, so that's probably right now the one I've been watching the most. I also watched uh, big brother, which is not really challenge based, but that's something I enjoyed. And, um, and, and amazing race but a lot of these reality shows right now given the coronavirus situation are on hiatus because they can't have like for instance a uh, big brother usually happens during the summer and they can't do it right now because of the the virus and because they can't have all these people living in that close proximity with each other for you know nine for three months so um i don't know how that's going to fare after you know when this fall comes up and the new season of survivor and things like that start to uh, happen. Uh, but I'm sure it's going to be a different uh, outlook on all of that. See, I'm I'm right there with you guys for the most part. Um, like I, like I said to to Mike before we started recording, when it comes to reality shows, it, it, it's like you, you can almost have to kind of define it, because when it comes to reality shows, like of course I enjoy things like professional wrestling or or sports. Uh, I do get a kick out of like you know for if you want to argue that these are reality shows like game shows you know, uh, in, in a sense of like Price is Right, Jeopardy, you know, things like that. Or even the shows like Wipeout or uh, American Ninja or American Gladiators for back in the day. You know, those, if, if they classify as reality shows, I absolutely enjoyed them. Um, as far as like, you know, MTV's Roll Rules or or uh, uh, the one where everybody's in a glass house, you know, and and everything else those things I, I could take give or take with I, I you know I I don't care about them but I don't care that they're on if that makes sense or the talent shows like uh, America's Got Talent I get a kick out of 
you know, some of the contestants, but overall I can care less about the show because I, I think it's kind of a cheap way for showbiz in the sense that these people didn't really earn their spots uh, as opposed to somebody who's worked their whole entire life to be a singer or an actor or, you know, whatever, whatever talent they're trying to showcase. Um, so those are kind of cheats to me, but I, I don't care one way or another as far as those are concerned. The ones that annoy me uh, to the to the fullest extent as far as reality shows are concerned, uh, as I was saying, was the ones where it makes a mockery of relationships and marriage. Uh, the Bachelor and The Bachelorette definitely uh, go there. Love at first sight or say yes to the dress. These shows piss me off because I think they give the wrong impression and idea to courtships and and the sanctity of of something like marriage uh in the sense that like you know like uh for example like i was saying with say yes to the dress it, it very much uh placates on the materialistic side of things as opposed to the love side of you're getting married you know this is supposed to be the the pinnacle of your relationship and you're more worried about the price tag of your dress you know, or or the uh, love at first sight where people who never met each other before get married and have to stay married for a year. And then afterwards, if they decide they don't want to stay together, yeah, they get annulled. But to me, that's, again, kind of glorifying the fast food reality in today's society of if you don't like something, just get divorced rather than work on it and, and make it better. So I, in those lights, I think shows like that are are horrible because they send the wrong message. Yeah. Well, you don't think that maybe those shows, nah, well, maybe things shouldn't be off the table. I mean, the same in podcasting. I mean, with any of our shows, is there anything on your show, for example, that is off the table completely? Or are you willing to explore anything? Yeah, politics. Uh, I've learned the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have to agree. Politics and religion for me. But uh, I have had some guests who are or quite religious, but uh, I prefer not getting into that realm because it does alienate people and politics definitely can be something that will alienate your listeners because uh, not everybody's going to feel the same way and you might wind up having somebody ticked off with you because of some what's, you know, your guest said and lose a viewer or a listener. So, uh, yeah. I can see that. Again, what what I what I'm what I'm suggesting to pe to people who enjoy those shows, you know, power to you. I, I these are the reasons I don't like them, but they're just my opinions. You know, my my word is not gospel. Don't say just because Chris said, uh, you know, uh, marriage show bad, it's bad. It, it to me, it's bad because it conflicts with my personal views on on the subject matter. But if you enjoy it, then you know power to you it's not like i'm calling somebody who enjoys the show a bad person hey chris if you can make up your own reality show what would it be uh <laughs> surviving a podcast i think that would be a neat one since since it is a hot topic right now um it sounds like i'm joking but i'm not seeing how uh, the inner workings behind the scenes because a lot of people who think podcasts or want to start podcasts they think what we're doing right now that's it that's podcasting in a nutshell. They don't know all the research you do for your guests or, or your subject matters. They don't know about the, the promotional sides. They don't know about the editing, the clipping, the, the creating uh, uh, graphic designs and everything else. And, and then on top of it all, you're constantly thinking about fresh and inventive subject matter so that way you have a show to put on every single time you do a show whether it's daily weekly monthly 
you know, something fresh every single time. I think, I think it would be interesting to see people who have aspirations to start a podcast, send them in blind and slowly but surely kind of teach them, but let them figure it out. And at, by the end, see if it's something they would still want to do. Yeah. I like that idea. That's pretty interesting. So like have one murder mystery, one comic, you know, one, uh, say one uh, therapist and, you know, just kind of throw them all into their own thing. You know, uh, don't even give them a chance to get their feet wet. Just let them figure it all out. Kind of the way that we did. Yeah. You know, uh, because I, I th- they're, they, the, 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 the corner of the, of the industry right now is so saturated with, with content and some of it's great. Some of it is awesome you know, that may just not have picked up the audience, listening audience yet. I've, I've found a couple of them and hell I am one of them, you know, who, who, you know, I don't know if my content's great, but I mean, I don't have the audience I'd like to have, you know, but uh, then I've seen other ones where it's just like, really, this is what you call a podcast. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and credit to them, they're, they're keeping going, but it's just like, what, what is the premise and concept? Like, why did you even bother starting a show there's nothing here you know oh look at how pink my toenails are that's, that's not a podcast that's that's just you know glorification of pay attention to me because my parents didn't yeah there's a podcast I, i'm ashamed to say that i listened to called the basement yard and uh, the guy who started it joe santagato was a youtube personality so he when he went to podcasting a lot of his base from youtube followed him so he kind of started off with you know, a good amount of listeners. Right. And, and all he talks about is just junk. I mean, it's just, it's comedy. It's um, very raunchy comedy at that. But, uh, you know, cause he talks about bowel movements and, and just all kinds of stuff that you, 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 you know, you, you would cringe if you were in the same room and started talking like, like that with your mother or your father, you know, you just, that's not respectful, <laughs> but, uh, but I, I can, I can see where, what you were talking about well you, you can't figure out how did this podcast become so popular with what they got as far as their topics and uh it's just you just really don't know and i don't know how much of, of joe's audience is still from uh his youtube listeners or if he's picking up quite a bit of uh new followers but and no i listened to him i didn't ever listen, watch his youtube so um but anyway but then there's joe rogan so you know you should never know well, that, that's exactly it. And, and of course, things, podcasts change. And that, that, that leads me to a topic of conversation for both of you guys. Like, uh, you guys have both been podcasting for quite a while, but just like me. I've, I'm actually in my fourth year, surprisingly enough, and uh, especially with breaking the fourth wall. And it, it amazes me when I look back on the catalog for, for previous episodes of uh, breaking the fourth wall, how many times it's evolved and changed. It, it's nowhere near what it was when I first created it. So I, I wonder for both you guys would like try not to laugh and uh, in a city like yours, like how many renditions of your show did you go through as you were finding its identity? Well, I don't know about renditions. I know that it's a pro- long process of fine tuning what I'm doing now. I still have the same format that I had at the very beginning. I've just gotten better at it as I've gone along, or at least I think I've gotten better at it. Uh, you know, at first I was kind of uh, really rusty on interview, interviewing my guests. Uh, but now I've gotten to where I, I, I do that a lot, a lot more, a lot more often. So I'm more comfortable doing that. But, uh, I, I do think, uh, personally that I've improved from where I was in the very beginning to where I am now and that my show is a lot easier to listen to. Fair enough. How about you, Andy? How, how many times, ta- how many times did you, uh, take, uh, try not to laugh back to the drawing board? 
Oh, geez. We've tweaked our formula. I mean, we're well into the double digits now. Um, <laughs> yeah, honestly. I mean, we're, so we released episode 58 this morning. And I would say we've tweaked the formula at least 15 times by now. And I mean, the general premise of the show, conversational comedy, that's never going to change. But, you know, the structure changes constantly. It's how long should the show be? How long should the guest segments be? Should it, uh, you know, who's interviewing the guest? And um, it, it's, it's, it's always changing. And I don't want to just use the word changing. It's always evolving, you know, because when you go into it with a certain idea in mind, that's just, you know, the bare bones of it. You don't know what it could possibly be. So as you continue, you know, the week before, you realize, uh, you know, you're listening back to an episode, and maybe you listen back to it a, a second time, and you're like, oh, you know what, I actually really liked that we did something like that, or I really hated this thing that we did, it went on too long, and so you kind of naturally just filter out the things you didn't like. So the more you do it, the more you evolve. Well, that, that's fair, and, 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 and what, what these guys are saying is, is I, I would imagine uh, normal core, uh, core progression for, for a show, where with me, when I first started breaking the fourth wall, it was a roundtable movie critique uh, show. We were, you know, pretending we were uh, actual film critics and would just pick on movies we didn't like. And, you know, quite honestly, it was horrible. Not just sound and, and all that, because I was new to everything. I didn't know what I, the hell I was doing. But the subject matter was just, I, I listen back to it now and I cringe. Like, there's times I linger my finger over the delete button just make those episodes disappear it literally took me i'd say half the catalog to find to find the identity of breaking the fourth wall um because and and quite honestly it was it was getting hooked up with uh, steve joiner and, and sj network that changed the identity of breaking the fourth wall of like well okay let's do it as an interview show forget all this want to be comedy stuff with it i've got after hours for that let's just have fourth wall be sit down and have a conversation with somebody and then learn about their life and really that that's where fourth wall finally finally found its identity so it, i'm kind of jealous you guys already had your formula figured out <laughs> uh, we haven't figured it out i'm not saying we've figured it out by any stretch of the imagination in fact i mean i would i would wager that if we're at iteration 15 right now we'll probably be at by the end of the year you know 25 to 30 because it and it's kind of how it should be you know i would imagine howard stern is at his thousands because you should never stop progressing um you know the minute you find your formula i mean i think that's a really good thing to recognize but if you're if you're doing the same thing over and over it's nice to have consistency in the show and your, your listeners should know what to expect of you, but you should always keep them guessing. You should always keep everyone on their toes. Um, so, I mean, I, I would guess, you know, if, if we're at 15 changes now, for example, uh, we'll probably hit our mark at, let's say, 200. And then we'll finally be happy enough with it where, you know, I can comfortably hand my business card to literally anyone and be like, hey, check this out. As opposed to just have to explain myself and be like, oh, well, look, it's this conversational comedy show. And, you know, it, it's not for the faint of heart. You know, I always have to kind of like, you know, uh, kind of follow it up with this little thing after I hand someone a business card. You know, it's always like, well, look, if you're a Mormon, you're probably not going to be into it. Right. <laughs> but um, I am definitely pleased with the direction it's going. I just feel like it's uh, it's it's not quite there. Not at 58 episodes. 
how do you feel about monetizing the podcast? Uh, mine's not at a level yet where I can really feasibly do that, but, and it's not something that I started off doing thinking that, okay, I'm going to make money from this. I started doing podcasts because I enjoyed listening to podcasts so much. So I thought, well, you know, I'd like to do something like that because I enjoy it so much. Uh, but you know, as, as time goes on, how are you looking at maybe wanting to get to a point where you could, I don't know, uh, quit your day job and just support yourself on the podcast solely. I would, I would imagine that that's kind of the ultimate goal for any of us to be able to turn this into a, a full-time career would be great. Um, as far as monetization, I don't have the numbers on YouTube yet to, to even think about monetization. However, since I released the audio versions of the podcast through anchor, um, I do have, they start anchor starts you off with a, with a sponsor them. You know, um, so I get to record a, a, a commercial to put at the beginning of my podcast, and every time it gets played, I get a penny. So, I mean, technically, I am monetized. I'm not making anywhere near money, but I, I technically I am monetized at least in audio format just because of Anchor. Uh, but yeah, I think I think that in in the overall, we want the numbers and the listens enough. Like we all we all did this because we just wanted something to do whether it be a hobby or we enjoyed listening to other ones and thought, Hey, we could do that. Or, you know, whatever the case may be, maybe, maybe we just had a dream one day of being like, you know, uh, radio DJs or something, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be that we got into podcasts. I think we all came in with that mindset of like, this is just a hobby, but the ultimate goal I think is that we would all love to turn this into something that is profitable. I agree. Yeah. I think it would be really nice. I mean, obviously to be able to just wake up and, you know, in your underwear and go down to your home studio and, you know, just shoot the shit with your friends. And, you know, I mean, why not? I mean, that's, that sounds like the greatest job in the world. Um, I mean, obviously there's a lot to it and it's work, but it's definitely work that I'm willing to put in. So it's absolutely. It's kind of ironic that Andy says roll out of bed in your underwear and just jump on the computer. That's literally what I did on his, uh, when I, when I was interviewed by him on, on try not to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I threw a t-shirt on just so I wasn't like bare chested, but, uh, ah, you should have kept it off. I was sitting there in my boxers and just rolled out of bed. <laughs> to do a show. Went right back to bed when it was done. <laughs> well, I record most of my podcast in bed. That's my, my location for doing my podcast because they're, not, they're only audio. I don't have uh, video right now. Right now I'm in my, my dining room to record this. But, uh, so so I, and I find that it works out well for me doing it in the bedroom because of the, the, the sound quality of having that large mattress. You know, it absorbs the echo and all that. But uh, so, yeah, I, I can definitely relate to rolling out of bed and doing something at least. There you go, guys. Egg crates, U-Haul blankets, and a California king. That's how you take. Yeah. <laughs> that's how you take care of the sound. Um, well, I want to I, I want to backtrack a little bit before we move on to the next topic here. I did kind of take us off topic with the podcast thing, but uh, Andy had asked me uh, what I would pitch for a reality uh, TV show idea, which led us down podcasting. But we never got your guys's uh, pitch for a, uh, a a a reality show that you would want to see done. Oh God, that's such a hard question. Um, cause I've, I've listened, I've watched so many reality shows. You guys might have an easier time at it cause you're not that big into reality show. Uh, I really enjoyed for a while. They had something called I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. And it was just a, a cluster buck of 
stuff going on. Excuse the language, but um, I, but I enjoyed that because just it was like, oh my God, I can't believe these people are doing that. I would like to see that a cross between that and uh, the reality show I'm really into right now, Alone, uh, but but done with celebrities and and see how la- how long they could last in the wild, you know, by themselves trying to fend for themselves. That would be fascinating. It may be deadly. I'm not sure. I just had an idea for another one, but uh, Andy, I'll let you go first. Um, let's see. Damn it. I think I, I, I feel like I shot my load with that first one on, uh, <laughs> on that sound that, uh, business one. Um, okay. Reality show. How about, mm, let's do something with little people. How about little little people marrying abnormally large people, but instead of ninety days, we'll make it three days. How about that. <laughs> Jesus. Oh man, what are we? And we get to watch them consummate. It's it's. Oh, all of a sudden, this is now reality shows on Euphoria. On Spice. <laughs> Fans only. Um. Another one, I, I nowhere near what Andy just said, but another idea that just popped in my head is taking people out of their occupations into others. Uh, especially like you, the mean side of me is like the people that are saying like, you know, a burger flipping job is just as, uh, just as real as like, say, you know, uh, an architect, for example. So, okay, take uh, four, you know, you know, like the ones where you swap, swipe, swap wives for like a week swap jobs for a week take the uh, ceo and have him be the guy up at the counter asking people if they want fries with that and in turn the fry flipper is the one trying to run a company yeah that's kind of uh, no uh, undercover boss was similar to that but not quite that involved as far as having the 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 roles interchangeable the i think the undercover boss the the ceo worked with the people who were quote unquote uh below him and that's how he learned that you know what what kind of work they they put into the company but i don't think they had the uh the clerk behind the counter go up to being a ceo right usually but, an undercover boss and they wasn't that something that like the boss usually did when he revealed himself and he found yeah. exceptional and it's like you know i've seen what you do and all that so i'm giving you a raise i'm going to help out your your sick daughter and i i want you to have the corner office and blah 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 because i've seen the good work that you do and what you what you devote but yeah i i I think it would be neat to just like flip roles where people who always say like oh my my boss is a dick or oh it's so much easier for somebody who has this type of job or whatever else you know we, we we all know people like that put them in the position where they get to see it may not be what they thought it was oh so they're taking the boss's role it, it's a complete flip. It doesn't have to be the boss. Like I said, we could have a cop and a fireman switch jobs for a week where the cop is now fighting fires, climbing the ladders, hauling the, <laughs> you know, and the fireman's trying to do drunk stops and, and stuff like that. And just really get to see the, the, the world differently than what they used to view it, it from, from that person's occupation. Yeah. I did like that other idea though. I mean, I think, you know, allowing, an employee, let's say a lower level employee to have to run a business for a day. I don't think most people understand the stress that, you know, business owners go through. And I mean, I don't own a business now, but I have in the past. And I mean, I, so now I could kind of see it from both sides now. And, you know, 
I, I'm, I'm never going to be one of those people who is, you know, pissed off at the company if they're like, look, we just, we honestly can't afford, you know, 5% raises this year. We're doing 3% across the board. Like some people get really annoyed and they're like, well, I'm walking. All right. Well, good luck then. Cause you just don't, you don't understand what it's like to be an owner of a company because, you know, those people lose sleep because they've got payroll on Thursday or because, you know, someone didn't show up to work and now they're working the register on top of doing their own job just to keep things moving. You know, so it would be actually really cool to, uh, to reverse roles that way. I like that. Well, you know, it, it, it kind of is a perfect segue into the next uh, topic of conversation here um, with, especially since we talked about podcasts and now we kind of ended off with uh, learning what it's like to be a CEO and a, a runner of a company. And some could argue that all of us are running our own companies in the fact of uh, podcasting. And most of us have uh, normal nine to fives on top of that company that we handle. So, and, you know, I, I know Andy's kind of younger. But uh, Michael and myself, you know, we're above 40 and, and, doing, uh-huh. and it leads to the next topic of conversation, which was brought to my attention was, and I thought this was a neat idea, was talking about trying to have some form of dating or social life past 40. And especially with trying to, to factor in the rest of life involved with it. Because at 40 years old, you're, you're usually... On average, it's not everybody, but on average, you're you know you're paying a mortgage, you're you're paying a lot of bills, your your health and your body's not what it used to be, uh, you know, in, in the sense that you got to watch what you eat more, you got to work out more, or whatever else. Plus, you're you're usually like in the middle of or on the decline of what is your career, you know. Do you even find time for for dating? And you know, I, even more question is can you find quality love out there at that age because you would figure either the people that are single now are either divorced which case they're damaged goods or they're nuts you know all the good ones are married and taken so you know i'll I'll lead it off with andy because i i I think you're i think you're still in your 30s so how do you how do you view past 40 and and trying to have that type of uh, relationship life um well, I've been married since I was 27. So I'm, I'm now actually at, uh, at 11 years. Okay. Um, and uh, I guess my, my situation is a little bit unique. So maybe I'm not the best example because my wife and I, we met back on AOL when we were 14. <laughs> and <laughs> I mean, not, we didn't meet in person until we were 21. But, um, but yeah, I mean, we basically, you know, we're lifers. And um, so we didn't have a lot of outside experience, but that's fine because um, we're super happy. But, you know, I will say that, you know, just from having obviously friends that are my age that I graduated with and have, you know, remained friends with, um, I mean, I would hate to have to be out there, you know, at this age, um, mainly just because I feel like, I don't know, like, I, I, well, I'm also speaking from a married guy's perspective. You know, I would hate to have to go through it all again. Maybe if I had never been married, that's kind of different because then you're just kind of playing the field and you're out there, you know, uh, you're online dating and, you know, you're getting laid and doing whatever. But I think, you know, having to find a new partner after already being in a marriage, it's, um, I don't know. I mean, it can't be easy. And I imagine there's, you know, there's a lot of competition because you're online now competing with all these people, you know, at least when you're in person, and which I feel like people are kind of afraid to do, 
especially now, it's hard to meet somebody when you're wearing a mask. But, right. um, you know, if you're approaching someone now, I feel like people aren't even as open to it anymore. People aren't as social. Like people, uh, unless you approach them, you know, via cell phone or, you know, app, uh, they don't even know what to do with themselves. So I think, you know, and that bleeds into dating. I think dating is kind of a, it's become a very strange thing. And it's very big. It's a huge business. I mean, I wish I had invested in it years ago, but I think in terms of, you know, actually looking for, for a relationship, um, I don't envy people who are dating nowadays. No, and you're hitting a couple points right on the head, but before, before we de- delve into some of those points, let me get uh, Michael's opinion on this because this was his topic. So, <laughs> well, Okay, well, I'm, I'm different in that I, I am asexual, so I, have not, I don't have a, a partner. I've never been married. I don't have any children, and uh, I'm not sure if I will ever get married. I, I'm not opposed to having someone in my life, a significant other, uh, I, I kind of like that, but it would have to be someone who can, you know, deal with me and my, my hangups. Uh, what I found most difficult, though, are making new friends. I'm 58. I'll be 59 in October. Uh, a lot of the friends I made back in the day in college, we all moved on to, our, you know, different states after we graduated. And so I lost those guys. And even before then, the people I knew in high school had, by the time I got out of college, they'd all moved off to different parts of the country. So, I've gone through several times where I've had to, you know, find friends from scratch, not knowing anybody. So that's been, that has been pretty difficult. And it, I still find it's difficult right you know, today at this age to, to meet new friends. But, you know, an, another problem with me is that I'm pretty much a hermit. I don't leave my house that often, especially with this coronavirus. I'm even more of a hermit. So it's kind of hard to meet people when you don't get out and mingle and, and so forth. And I'm not really big on, uh, internet dating or chat rooms and things like that either, because I don't, I don't trust a lot of people that way. I think there's a lot of, uh, people who are not very up and up the, on, on the, on, on the internet. So I, I get worried about, you know, are, is this person legit or are they really a 12 year old girl or, you know, what's the, what's the deal with that? Or, or a 60 year old guy, what's the deal, you know, but, uh, yeah, that, that's about where I stand on that. All right. Well, I'm myself, and and like I said, you both make a, a really good point uh, when it when it comes to to the thoughts of of dating. Um, I I was married in my thirties. I waited till I was uh, in my thirties to get married, and it, I married somebody I knew for twenty years, and the marriage lasted eighteen months. You know, so it was it was horrible. So I I wasn't in my forties, but I was going through that and being in the later years and like all the people that I grew up with that would have been, you know, potential uh, partners or or dates when I was back on the single scene were taken, you know, Um, and whether they were dating or they were married with children or whatever else. And when you start getting up there in years, especially nowadays, you, you, you start having to deal with the fact that they, you know, like I said, they're, the, the ones you wanted are, are married, taken, they have children. Um, the ones that are still out there, they're single for a reason, whether that is they are divorced and they came from a bad relationship and they're still carrying that baggage. You're carrying that baggage. Um, so that's, that's never a, a good choice. Or, you know, they're batshit crazy. And uh, that's why nobody has landed them down yet. And, 
this, the pickings just become a lot slimmer the older you get. Um, there's a lot of factors you got to take into, I think, uh, into consideration when you try to date older is you have to, you know, say to yourself, am I willing to be a step parent? Cause nine times out of 10, who you're going to wind up with has children, you know, am I willing to, to put up with her crazy? Will it match my crazy? You know, um, a lot of, a lot of different factors in that, but I think, I think especially nowadays, I'm lucky. I, I've, I've got the, the person I, I'm going to marry, you know, with me, I don't have to worry about it anymore, but that initial dating scene again, that was a fearful thing when I was divorced, when I was getting divorced was how am I going to try to do this again? You know, and, and why would I even want to, you know, after, after that experience, but, uh, you know, there, there are, there are a lot of factors. Like you guys said, there's, there's, there's the lack of communication. There's a lack of intimacy. There's a lack of courtship in, in, in dating nowadays. Dating is, is uh, Michael said it earlier, uh, even, even with the older crowd, it, it's people are mistaking lust for love um, first and foremost. So dating is pretty much like, Hey, let's go fuck, excuse my language. And uh, if I like the way you do that, then, Hey, let's get married. As opposed to back in the day where you, you, you know, you wind and dined your date. You tried to impress your date. You tried to learn all about your date and they learned about you. And then a year later, when you guys start showing your true colors, then you're relearning it, you know, and, and everything else. Uh, I think a lot of that is lost in translation nowadays to the, to the instant satisfaction crowd. Uh, and to like, uh, like Andy said, the, the, internet generation where everything is text message and Facebook messenger and uh, you know, Instagram pictures. And they think that's a substitute to honest to goodness, human interaction. There were me, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like if, if I had to do it now, I, I would probably narrow my search to widows because I don't think I can handle another guy being around my kids. <laughs> it's rough. It's it's a very hard thing. Um, so far, it seems like the guy that, uh, and, and it's very hard for me to say anything nice about the the guy that my wife cheated on me with. But uh, the one yeah. thing the one thing I can say about him, as far as I know, thus far, is he's treated my children with respect. So I, I got to give him at least that much. All right. Yeah, that's he's, a good thing. He's he's being a good guy to them, I suppose. That counts for something. Right. So as much as as much as I'm like swallowing bile by saying something complimentary to the guy, I've got to give him that much. But uh yeah, you're right. Um I, I think I think if I if, if if I lost my relationship today and had to go back into the dating pool, I think I would look for like the ninety uh, year old rich widow. <laughs> yeah, I mean there's gotta be some widows out there that are under fifty. <laughs> in fact there's probably an app for that yeah that's sad you're right <laughs> i mean what do, what do you guys think it's it's uh with with the dating changing as it as it is do you think that helps or hinders people of, of i think it's fine for the younger generation because they're used to it they're uh you know they've grown up with computers and cell phones and things like that you know people who are in their 20s and 30s right now uh, but, but, you know, for somebody like me, I'm not used to that kind of thing. I'm, I'm proficient on, you know, electronics. I'm not, you know, ignorant or anything. I, I can work my way around anything when it comes to doing uh, stuff on the internet. But, uh, 
I, I didn't grow up doing that. So it's not, it's not second nature to me. It's not the first thing I go to when I think, okay, I'm, I, I need to make any friends. Uh, maybe I'll, you know, join this chat room. It's not the first thing I think of. The first thing I think of is what kind of uh, event can I go to or what meeting do I need to be attending in order for me to meet people my age who may have the same interest as I. Michael, you should uh, make a match.com profile and tell people you're David Cross. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that, that, that's, that, that's a fair point. And I, I think, I think, uh, you know, I think, uh, I don't know. I think, I think it kind of helps the older generation to get to know these types of things because, you know, when I think about when I was younger and trying to find a date, like, and, and when I say younger, I mean like teenage, early twenties, you know what I mean? Like, everybody everybody i ever heard is like oh go find a girlfriend at the bar i never found a girlfriend at the bar i i found girlfriends at the mall you know or or the library or or you know places like that and you know a 40 year old can't go to the mall and pick up a chick you know what i mean but <laughs> they can but they get a little blue check mark above their house on google maps i mean right you know um so, you know, I, in that aspect, I think the, the technology aspect of dating kind of helps older, uh, older daters in the fact that it gives you at least a place to meet people. Otherwise, it's like, what do you do? Wait till the old age home? I guess. I mean, you definitely have to get out there. Um, I think it's good to, I mean, I guess, you know, having a mix, you know, consider it 50-50. You know, go out there and try to meet people, uh, even if you're not into books, hang out at the bookstore, if, uh, even if you're not um, into whatever. I mean, think about where women would go. You know what I mean? Go walk around Marshalls for a while or the Pottery Barn. You don't really need anything. Just grab a vase and walk around with it for an hour. You know, see what happens. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I would imagine that the internet is probably a very uh, useful tool. You know, I'm sure it's very useful if you're just trying to get laid. It's probably slightly less useful if you're trying to find a long-term relationship, but they're out there. I mean, a lot of my friends um, met online uh, and, you know, they're all happily married now. So, I mean, it, it's all very possible. And I think as we progress into the future and, um, you know, apps keep turning into, you know, these kind of things that people default to versus, you know, it's not like people use like real dating services anymore. And I don't think it's as common unless you're in a very specific culture where people are going to fix you up. Like your, your mom's going to fix you up with this lady's daughter that she knows at the nail salon. Like that's just, le it's becoming less and less common. And, uh, you know, people are just online. Everybody's just meeting online now. You know, you make your profile. That's like basically your little dating resume and, and that's it. And you're out there in the world. See, I, I agree, but it, to me, I mean, and, and you guys can, you know, correct me if you if you don't agree, but I, if that feels cold and impersonal to me, I know it's the way it works, but I mean, it just it it to me it lacks that human connection. It, there's no there's no fear of reject, you know, just like the people you argue with on Facebook, you know, keyboard cowboys, because they have no fear of the consequences for their their words or their actions. I feel dating online or meeting people online has the same thing. I can approach Cindy Crawford on the internet 
because if she don't like me, she's just not going to respond back as opposed to the butterflies in my stomach and, you know, getting sick and pacing back and forth. Will I, won't I walk up to freaking Cindy Crawford to ask for her phone number in real life? I think, I think that's part of the things that kind of, kind of get lost in translation from, from that type of uh, dating aspect. You know, uh, what do you guys think? Well, I, I don't really think anymore. I just, <laughs> I, I just kind of exist. <laughs> I've given up. <laughs> well, I know a great way to find a date, whether you're 14, uh, 40, or, or above. Go crash a 4th of July barbecue. <laughs> but wear a mask. But wear a mask. So here we go. Main topic of the day. We're, we're, we're tomorrow's uh, when this episode releases. Tomorrow is the 4th of July, the birth of America, the American culture, uh, you know, birth of the, Amer uh, the American dream, American freedoms. I know we're kind of in a, in a dark place uh, with America right now, but this is usually the time when people can put their political points of view or their, their uh, love or hate for things that happen in this country aside and just celebrate the fact that we do live in the United States of America. So let's start talking about some of the great traditions of the 4th of July uh, celebration and, and what we're all looking forward to tomorrow. Well, growing up, the main thing for 4th of July for me was always the fireworks. I was never big into the, the, the day of the 4th uh, barbecues and things like that. Although the 4th just ma does make me think of potato salad, which my mother makes a killer, killer potato salad. So I always think of the 4th of July with, with potato salad. But the, the main thing that sticks out is uh, the fireworks and shooting off all the fireworks and taking the firecrackers apart and getting all, a big, huge pile of gunpowder and seeing how loud I can make it go boom and things like that but uh so so for me it was more I guess the destruction of, of the fourth that I enjoyed the most <laughs> Andy yeah I mean I wouldn't say I really have a tradition um I mean growing up uh I grew up in Brooklyn and I was close enough to the city where I was able to watch the Macy's fireworks uh happen from my window because I lived in a really tall apartment building up on the 18th floor so I mean, if you want to call that a tradition, I mean, I did that, you know, probably for, you know, nine or 10 years when I was a kid. Uh, I mean, the older I got, you know, the more accessible fireworks became to me. So, I mean, that obviously became a bigger and bigger part of my 4th of July celebration year after year. Um, you know, bigger parties, bigger explosions. Um, I mean, there was one year it was just absolute insanity. Um, we got together at my friend's girlfriend's house, you know, huge bonfire lit off a lot of a lot of fireworks we were shooting fireworks at each other i don't recommend that to anyone listening um I but do. yeah i mean for the <laughs> do it and uh yeah i mean other than that you know it's pretty much uh you know barbecue hanging out drinking um and going to work the next day hungover that that that's right where i am like when i think of family traditions like growing up I remember going out and getting hot dogs and hamburgers out of, out of the barbecue and going swimming in the backyard pool, you know, uh, and then obviously watching the fireworks. Uh, my, I was raised by my grandparents. We didn't go to see them live. Usually we just watched them on TV. Uh, the fireworks usually got shot off over top of uh, the Delaware River. It was almost like a battle between New Jersey and, and Philadelphia because both sides of the Delaware would be shooting off the fireworks. 
So it was really a spectacular performance. Um, it wasn't until I got older that I started, you know, being introduced to like lighting off my own fireworks and, you know, getting drunk and, and doing stupid things like Roman candle wars, um, you know, <laughs> which I highly recommend. I mean, go <laughs> away. Um, but, uh, you know, um, yeah, quite honestly, now the tradition for me with being a parent is I get a kick out of watching my kids enjoy it more than anything else. Um, but it, to me, to me, it was always the food and, 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 and the camaraderie with the people that you decide to spend it with. Uh, but you know, like when I think of the foods, like I, when I think of the 4th of July, like, like Michael Moore said, he, he thinks of, uh, potato salad and I'm, I'm kind of right there with him. Cause I mean, traditionally it was always hot dogs and hamburgers, baked beans and German potato salad. Like that was, that was the 4th of July meal dinner, you know, every, every single year. And, and I don't change that. Yeah. What, what about you, Andy? What, what, what is usually on the menu for the fourth for you? Um, I wouldn't say it's been intentional, but I, I could probably say that I've had a hamburger and hot dog every fourth of July, as long as I can remember. Uh, I usually do both probably a slaw dog. Cause those are amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I figured that out when I was about 12. Um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, I'll, uh, I mean, pretty much, you know, any barbecue you go to, people are going to have different stuff. And a lot of times I wasn't the one hosting them. So it was just, you know, it was ending up at some friend's house or a friend of a friend. But, um, you know, hamburgers and hot dogs, they're, they're just, they're the staples that you look for at any barbecue. Does anybody have that, that drunk relative that always makes a scene on the holiday? Yeah, it's me. Yeah. <laughs> No, I've, I've had uncles. I, 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 you know, when I was younger, I had uncles who would uh, have a little too much to drink and they would start feeling their oats and pretending they were still teenagers uh, growing up in the house together. And, uh, you know, uh, that, that's when I first got introduced to like people shooting off M80s at each other and uh, somebody winding up in the pool without their pants or underwear on. And, you know, my mother finding it funny, but it's not funny when I do it. Um, yeah yeah last week um yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i mean it's just i think i think everybody's got that one relative in their family and if you don't look in the mirror because you're probably it definitely That's scary yeah <laughs> <laughs> don't look in the mirror whatever you do don't look in the mirror That's it. <laughs> they, they say uh one out of every three friends there's one out of every three friends who's an asshole if you're if you look at your two friends and they're not assholes, you know who is, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I, I, and I, I, I curbed my drinking, but I, I still am that guy. I'm, you know, if I wind up, I'm, I'm more like Michael Moore nowadays. I, I don't go out. I don't do things, you know? Um, as I said, I live vicariously through my children now um, in that aspect, but uh, I'm still the guy that's known that if I wind up in a group of people, I'm going to be the one that's doing something stupid. Yeah. It's just, it's inevitable. <laughs> um, you guys have any memories of a, a, maybe a bad or misfortunate uh, 4th of July, something that went horribly wrong. God forbid somebody got hurt by a firework or cops were called because you were too noisy or God, you know, God forbid fist fights or something like any, any negative thoughts to the celebration. 
uh, just just things that I've heard from other people, like the the guy who one year set off a uh, a mortar from the top of his head and that killed him. Oh my God! You know, stupid things like that. But uh, no, and Fourth of July, like I said, the, the only thing I, I I remember really are the fireworks and the potato salad. Uh, I don't remember much of anything else, and I don't remember anything bad ever happening on on the fourth. But like I said, we didn't really, you know, it wasn't that big of a tradition for us. It was just more of an excuse to, as a kid, to shoot off fireworks. <laughs> I get to play with fire. Yeah. What about you, Andy? Any any uh, memories that come to mind of uh, things where you're just like, oh my god, I can't believe that happened. Um, well, I remember there was a kid that I went to high school with uh, named Adam and he worked for a company over the summer who did like big firework displays. And so, you know, like random companies would hire them to like come and, and do, let's say 4th of July in one spot or Labor Day in another spot. And so I guess it was, it was one 4th of July. I think it was around 2000 or 2001. And he, he burned off like pretty much all the hair and skin on i think both arms and his chest when he was setting off uh, i don't know i don't know enough about fireworks to to even tell you what kind of firework it was but i mean this wasn't like your typical like m80 i mean this was like the real deal like the type of things that explode three times when they're up and still still up in the air and they're changing colors and all that fun stuff and this all happened like right between his you know his, his man boobs so um yeah i mean i didn't i didn't see him for a while after that um you know he was one of those people that i wasn't really that close with but we would run into each other because we lived in the same town and uh you know figure once a month we'd run into each other at the pizzeria or whatever um and he had he had disappeared for a while and uh i recently saw him on uh, pop up on facebook and i've been meaning to ask him you know if i could see a picture of his chest but i i figured after like 10 years that would be really awkward um, I'm not sure how to break the ice. Hey, how you doing? Can I see your boobs? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it hasn't worked for me once yet. I don't know if it's going to work on a man. <laughs> you know what? The icebreaker now. Just send him a copy of this podcast. Oh, yeah, that's true. Hey, by the way, you're famous. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, to, to, to answer the, uh, the, my own question here, uh, the only thing that comes to mind that I remember one time was uh, – a couple years uh, into my living in Colorado, I went to a uh, firework display uh, in this uh, like baseball field, like a youth uh, youth organization baseball field, and they were doing it. And uh, the girl I was with at the time and myself, we were able to get like front row, like right next to the mortars, and uh, you know lay out a blanket, lay out lay on the grass, and look up and watch them, you know, explode like directly above us. And there was one that misfired. And it literally landed in between her and I, caught the blanket on fire. Like we we got out of the way fast enough, but that was that was a pretty scary moment. Oh man. <laughs> we I would have demanded a new blanket. Yeah, we, we learned not to sit that close. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh beyond that, I, I don't think I've ever had like a really negative uh uh experience with with any holiday really but especially not the fourth of july in fact i remember that particular one was really cool with that one mishap being a problem because there was kind of a little like carnival fair going on to lead up to the firework display so you had like a couple rides like the like the ferris wheel the the uh the the the, the zipper and stuff like that and you had the little carny uh uh 
food concession places like getting funnel cake and stuff like that. so it was like a really neat day and it was really fun up until that moment when it was time for the the firework display and we just were in the wrong spot <laughs> <laughs> i've well, never been on a zipper it's it you guys yeah i have it's the one that uh that it rolls around as it goes around yeah. i mean it, it rotates but at the same time you're in a little thing that that rotates itself so yeah i always heard stories of people falling out of those if you can shake the card at the right angle when you hit that 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 corner the the, the, the small end corner you get the the cage to start flipping over on itself you know? yeah that's always fun especially when you're like scared to death of it uh, i'm so getting nauseous me, thinking about it i'm before sorry michael we, before we end the uh the episode, I just want to touch bases and, and make sure we got our format down now. We're doing, now we're doing both video and audio. Is that correct? Yes. So we'll be available on YouTube and then on audio on all the uh, major platforms. Correct. I, I, did, I Obviously, I'm going to be releasing these, uh, by the way, I, I was the one recording tonight's episode uh, on, on Realm of the Mists' uh, channel. I wanted to know if you guys wanted me to send you the raw formats. Uh, to you guys to release as well or do you just want the links when i when i post them just the links would be good yeah, uh, unless you want me to do the audio you know release the audio you can send me the the audio and i can do that one well i mean you can, i'm gonna release that anyway but i yeah no okay. i don't know if you guys wanted to do it on your own individual uh platforms as well or you just want the links to where i put put them up just the links would be good okay that's that's fair enough and of course you know uh in, in the descriptions down below i'm going to want to put the uh the links to your guys's individual shows so that way you know if you enjoyed power hour definitely go check out the individual shows as well because you know great guests great topics of conversation uh great humor when it comes from andy you know uh and then you have me that i'm just kind of there <laughs> me too yeah i'm just kind of here <laughs> <laughs> but you know, so we'll, we'll make sure that you guys have a way of uh, checking out all the great content from everybody. Uh, I, I know everybody's got an audio platform or whatever, but you, uh, you have YouTube channels and all too, right? Correct? Yeah, I've, I got a YouTube, but also uh, I, for the audio for uh, the Power Hour, I've been using uh, Anchor. Do you want to go ahead and use that as your, to, to use that account to release what you've done here? today for the for the audio hey, if you want to do it on yours yeah i'll send you the audio you can release it on anchor i was going to release it on anchor as well so okay well let's go ahead and keep it on the same because we've already have episodes that are out with audio i think this is like the the fifth episode fourth or fifth episode so i kind of like to keep them together okay yeah not a problem okay and, uh i the big thing i'll ask you guys because this is the first time i've uh, hosted i've been on one other coast to coast that's just a guest um, but since, especially since we're releasing this as a, uh, a first ever video, is this going to have a numerical or should it just be coast to coast power hour, July 3rd? Yeah, that's what I've been doing. Just doing the okay. coast to coast power hour, July 3rd, 2020. Okay. So, so that way I don't have to necessarily worry about episode, uh, no, no. order. Okay. Right. Right. The dates, the date stands for that. All right. That, that works easy enough. Well, guys, to, to finish this off, then let's go ahead and go around the table and uh, tell everybody about your podcast and where they can find you. 
Okay, my, my name is Michael Glenn Moore. My podcast is Any City Like Yours and Scott H. Silverman's Power Hour, uh, Power Hour, Happy Hour. Um, you can find both uh, podcasts on any of the major podcast uh, listening platforms, including Apple and Spotify, TuneIn, and so forth. All right. And Andy? And I'm Andy. I'm one half of TNTL Podcast. Stands for Try Not to Laugh. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at TNTL Podcast, and uh, pretty much any obligatory podcast platform as well. And of course, uh, I'm host of Breaking the Fourth Wall and CEO of Realm Limits Entertainment. You can find Realm Limits Entertainment on YouTube. And if you do, to make sure you hit the uh, thumbs up button, like, share, comment, subscribe, check out all the podcasts that are a part of Realm Limits Entertainment. And if you prefer your podcast in audio only format, we got you covered. You can find Realm Limits Entertainment on Anchor.fm, Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, and just recently, iHeartRadio. So we're, we're finally on that as well. So I'm, I'm Yay. On that. and of course guys, not just realm the mist, but we also syndicate shows like uh, Mr. Michael Moore's uh, in, in a city like yours and, and Scott H Silverman's uh, pa- uh, happy hour. You got me saying power hour for it too. Um, so, you know, you guys can mm-hmm. catch the rebroadcast of their shows on realm the mist as well. So it's one big happy family. <laughs> Guys, it's been a blast. Um, I think we have to talk about when the next episode is going to be. I don't know. Did we set a date for the next episode? I think it was going to be released on the 15th, and we'll record sometime prior to that. Okay. So keep an eye out for the next Power Hour on uh, probably around about uh, July 15th. Until then, have a happy and safe 4th of July, guys. Happy 4th, everybody. Happy 4th. Have a good night, guys. Hey guys, it's Chris from Realm of the Mist Entertainment. If you enjoyed this video, please hit that thumbs up button. Like, share, comment, subscribe. Check out all the other great podcasts that can be found on Realm of the Mist Entertainment's YouTube channel or our sister channel, Sounds Dicey Gaming, for all your tabletop needs. And if you prefer your podcasts in audio-only format, check out Realm of the Mist Entertainment on Anchor.fm, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever quality podcasts can be heard. To our Patreon supporters, we thank you very, very much. And if you're interested in being a Patreon supporter, please go over to patreon.com slash realm of the mist and just a dollar a month gives you exclusive content and helps our channel out greatly. Guys, again, thank you very much for joining us and we will see you on the next episode.